Welcome to another episode of the Unveiling Grace podcast. I'm excited today. I'm Lynn Wilder, and this is my husband and co-host, Mike Wilder. And today (laughs) we are interviewing Daniel Ortner. Would you prefer we call you Dan or is Daniel? Daniel works well. Daniel's good. Welcome. Thank you for doing this, Daniel. Um, I hear that you have a wonderfully unique story. And having been to Israel for three times, we have a lot to talk about today. Sure. <laughs> Daniel was me. once Latter-day Saint and has rethought all of that. And he's going to tell us his story today. Daniel, tell us about your upbringing first. You didn't grow sure. up LDS. No, I, I was raised Jewish. Uh, I, I'm a Jewish family. Uh, my Dad is uh, was a kind of agnostic atheist Jew, like like a, unfortunately a lot of Jews are. Um, he is uh, most of it, a lot of his relatives died in the Holocaust, and I think because of that he was very bitter towards God. You know, depending on the day, he would either say there is no God, or I I don't know if there's a God, but I don't want want there to be a God. Kind of an alternating between those things, um, but very culturally Jewish. It was a big part of his identity and his heritage. Um, my mom was more religious, more uh, of a strong believer in God. She wasn't very observant. We didn't keep the Sabbath very strictly, for instance. We you know, ate, ate pork and shellfish. You know, we didn't keep kosher mm. very, uh, rules. But we, we, but I grew up with a very strong sense of, of Jewish identity. I went to a Jewish day school, um, kept, uh, you know, celebrated all the holidays. And it was really important to me growing up. My uh, you know, Judaism was something very important to me as a child growing up. So your dad must have been from Eastern Europe, huh? Yeah, all my parents, my 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 ancestors are from Poland. Uh, yeah. My mom's side moved to Israel, did Aliyah to Israel before the Second World War, like after the First World War, in the interwar period. So they, oh. most of them, did not die in the Holocaust, or at least the ones that you know went to Israel. My father's family were a lot of them died in the Holocaust. They lived in a a, a village not far from uh, Auschwitz, so a lot, quite a lot of them died there. Um, I was just gra- gonna say Auschwitz. I'm sure. Yeah. Huh? My grandfather you know, escaped. He he and his and my grandmother uh, went to to Pol- to Russia, uh, and they uh, were there in a work camp in Siberia during the the war, and then uh, <sighs> survived. So they they survived because of that. We've been so one of our sons served a an LDS mission in Russia, and we went. Which, to, which mission was he in? Um, Moscow South. I was, was in, in uh, no, the Novosibirsk mission. No. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So you know how cold it is in Russia. We were there <laughs> yes. to pick him up in November, and it was below zero. Yeah. Yeah, I served in, the, in Novosibirsk. So, yeah, middle, middle of Siberia. So very, very cold indeed. <laughs> wow. Well, I can't wait to hear about that. So you apparently went into Mormonism before your mission. Okay. Yes. Grew up Jewish where? So I grew up in South Florida. I was born in Israel uh, really? uh, in Tel Aviv, moved when I was about three and a half to the United States uh, in Florida, grew up down there in South Florida uh, for you know, until until uh, the end of high school. Like Miami area? Yeah, Fort Lauderdale, Miami, between Miami and Fort Lauderdale. Yeah. Wow. We're in so Fort you must Myers have- currently. Oh. So. <laughs> I'm That's sorry, Mike, you haven't had a chance to talk. <laughs> yeah, I just... <laughs> So, so you were what about nineteen when you went on your your mission? 
No, I was a little bit older. I joined the, I was baptized in the LDS church when I was 21 and I went okay. on a mission uh, like a year, a year later. So I think I was still 21. I think I turned 22 uh, early in my mission. So I was a little bit older than, than average. Okay. So how does a Jewish kid from South Florida get into the Mormon church? <laughs> well, there's some more, I guess, twists and turns, I would say. So as a, a, a teenager, I had a lot of Christian friends, and I got very interested in Christianity, actually, as a teenager. Uh-huh. Um, and that was kind of the start for me. I, I think I had a, a girlfriend who I dated when I was uh, 15 or 16 who really introduced me to Christianity in the first place. Um, and I began reading and I uh, read especially Isaiah 53, the suffering servant uh, chapter. And I I read that for the first time and it just struck me that that was Jesus that was talking about. So, you know, it hit me so strongly that message of him taking on our our pains and our suffering and our transgressions and and bearing our burdens. Um, I I was amazed by that. And I I became very interested in in Jesus at, at that time. Um, but I ultimately backed away from following Jesus at that time because of opposition from my my parents. Really, my my, my mom. It was the most heartbreaking thing for her to hear that I was looking mm. in, at, at, into Jesus, and so I I, I was 17, 16, 17, and I kind of backed away from it um, at the time, especially after she she got diagnosed with cancer, and after that it was like I, I you know oh. couldn't do that to her and the, 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 the pain it was having on her was really hard for me. And so I, I kind of backed away from it at the time, but God, you know, I think has been pursuing me really since then uh, in, in, in ways. Yeah, he, 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 he has a tendency to do that. I, <laughs> yeah, I exactly. you. So, so, you know, I, I was happy. I was the happiest Mormon in the world and, you know, he just wouldn't <laughs> let me be. So, but yeah, a, a question coming back to you. Okay. So, you you remember reading Isaiah fifty three? You know yeah. there it is uh, in you know um, in uh, 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 the major prophets, the writings of Isaiah. Yeah. And did you ever study that chapter when you were Jewish? No, it's not really studied in Judaism. It's um, so in Judaism, there's weekly. So every week on 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 the Sabbath, they read. Uh, a portion of the five books of Moses, the the Torah, the Torah. and then they read yes, selections okay. from the Tanakh, which is the the prophets and the writings, the prophets. and the, the um, okay. so they'll read selections, and the selections don't cover every book or every part of every book of the Old Testament, and Isaiah fifty three is one of those that's this, not covered in the the weekly portions, and so it doesn't get covered very much at all. I think it, it's okay. one that's infrequently read, and I. I, I think that's you know par- partially because of of the the degree to which Christians have relied on it over the centuries. It's right. been de-emphasized in Judaism because of that. So okay. I'd, I'd never come across it before, and I I, I mean I I, yeah, I was relatively young too, so I did I certainly had not read everything all, all of the Old Testament at the mm-hmm. time. But I I came across it and I was really amazed by it. And I actually went and my my parents took me to the my synagogue and I talked to the, my rabbi about it and a couple of the rabbis there and. Um, Asked them for their interpretation of it, and I, I my mom got me some anti-Christian, Jew, you know, Jewish anti-Messianic books to to te- explain to me why it was not about Jesus. Um, mm. But I, I I read it, and it just struck me so strongly that this was prophesying Jesus, uh, wow. and he was the Savior, and uh, I, I you know, that that that's st- stuck with me ever since. Okay. So so you, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you you start this journey, okay? So yeah. 
this beautiful young lady entrapped <laughs> you in c- Christianity when you were a young boy. Okay. Uh, oh, and of course, so, yes. so anyway, you're, I'm, I'm very sad to hear that your, your mom got cancer. And so you yeah. kind of backed off because you loved her and you know that, that, that would, yeah. And I, I began tremendous. to get more involved with Judaism when she was yeah. sick. And I, I got, I got a lot of value out of Judaism at the time I was doing a lot okay. of, uh, trips, a lot of like a lot of uh, activities and conferences for youth, and really finding joy in it. Um, but when my mom died when I was eighteen, um, it really shattered my faith oh. in God. Like oh, it just, that had uh, yeah, it was, awful. So, and then I went off to college uh, a couple months later. You know, I mean, it was this was in December. I went, mm. uh, you know, the next year in September I went to college. So you know, six months, seven, I guess, eight months later I went to college, oh, yeah. and. Um, I became an atheist after a little, after a semester in college. I, I began reading Richard Dawkins and the, mm-hmm. the God Delusion and Sam, Sam Harris, Harris and all those atheist yeah. authors. And I just yeah. became very cynical about God, like very jaded about um, whether there could be a God. I thought, you know, if, if my mom could suffer like that and if other people can suffer like that, there, there just can't be a God. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was and a yet, very committed atheist. <laughs> when she suffered, though, did you ever cry out to God? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we actually would read the Psalms together uh, uh, when when she was sick, um, and she found a lot of comfort in them, and I did as well. Um, and you know, even to the day she died, she still believed strongly in God. And you know, even though she'd went went through so much, she told me that she believed um, in Him still and trusted in Him, and um, that was beautiful to me. But you know, over time, it kind of I became pretty jaded about it. I, I was a member of the humanist society at my undergrad uh, for a couple of years. And I was uh, debating with theists and kind of arguing why there is no God oh for a while. <laughs> so I've kind of been, been all over the place, you could say. So where, having, where were you going to school? Having been in universities for 23 years, I, I know this person. <laughs> and, I, and I love <laughs> so, these students, actually. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, I, where, where, where were you do, doing your undergrad studies? I was at Brandeis University. It's a, yeah. a, a, a school in the Boston area. It's a heavily Jewish, uh, not religiously Jewish, but Jewish-affiliated uh, right. university. Um, okay. Yeah. And... Actually, when I was there, though, at, at Brandeis is where I met, I, I got introduced to the LDS Church, uh, which is a bit of an unusual uh, <laughs> path. I don't, I don't know many others that, uh, that had that, that specific uh, connection at, at, while at Brandeis. So. Okay, so go into that more detail. So you're going <laughs> to this university, and you're, um, you're yeah. you know... You're, yeah, yeah, so... Uh, <laughs> I'm, I can't even think of the secular words. Atheist. <laughs> He's an yeah, atheist. He's an atheist. Yeah, he's a, a secular You're humanist, getting introduced to secular humanist. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And you're getting introduced to Mormonism. So, yeah, how, so what, what was your first meeting? Well, so one of my one best friends was a member of the, the church, LDS church. She was not active uh, in the church. She grew up, um, her grandmother had converted from Judaism uh, to the LDS church. So she was kind of a, half Jewish, part Jewish, part LDS background. And um, she wasn't really involved with either uh, when I met her. We became really good friends. We we dated for a a time as well. But uh, but what I noticed was something different about her that like really stood stood out to me as unique. Like her values were very different than what I was used to. Um, Her uh, views uh, just on, on life, I could tell were really influenced by her LDS faith in ways that you know puzzled me and intrigued me and i was really just curious about it in, in many ways 
Um, so be more specific about yeah. what what some of those things were. Um, I, I think, I mean, things like, you know, she was, uh, I remember at Brandeis, the very liberal school, very left of center. Everyone's kind of very progressive on their politics. Um, but she was, for instance, at the time, I think, pro-life, even though that was very strange to me, uh, like that she would be that, be that. She was very pro um, staying at home when she had, ch- you know, having children and staying at home, things like that, that, that were, uh, uh-huh. you know, LDS kind of traditional values that, that I, I was really struck by. Just it was very unusual at, at a school like, like Brandeis to come across someone with those values and um, not something I was used to. And it just was, it was very intriguing to me at the time. Um, and so. So Mike was teasing you about a girl. So, so did, did something develop with this girl? We we dated dated for a couple of months, but ultimately it was not not a not a not a good. I think it was God God used that that relationship to to uh, in my my journey, you know, to, in in a way. So it was more for for that than for any anything romantic. But uh, it was. Uh, yeah, that was intriguing to me. And then I also was at a period where I was after a couple of years of being an atheist, I kind of had had some experiences that made me open to the idea of God once again. I, I felt like I, I was just not living up to my potential. Like I, I couldn't be the person I wanted to be without God's help. I, I felt an, an emptiness, a void in wow. myself uh, for God. And I, I'd, I'd spent a summer studying abroad in, in China when I was an undergrad. And I had an instructor who was a member of the local Christian community um, that was the, the teacher of the summer program that I did. And we walked around and had very long conversations about God and the nature of God and whether there is a God or isn't a God. Um, huh. And that that experience that summer really left me open to wanting to discover God again and, and come to know God. And so I came back that summer really with a kind of more open heart looking to to come to know God. Um, and uh, sorry, uh, at, the, at the same time, my, my friend who was LDS began to want to go back to church and started to go back to church and was in the process of that. And so I then began to look into her church uh, out of really curiosity and interest and kind of being open-minded at the time to it. Where in China were you? I was in uh, Kunming. It's in the Southwest of China uh, in uh, Yunnan province. It was a a study abroad program studying traditional Chinese medicine and public health. It was kind of a really interesting Uh, program to, to, I got to do. So it was pretty, a pretty cool study abroad program. How awesome. Now what, y- what year was this? This was in 2008 in the summer. Oh, we were there in 2006, weren't we? Oh, nice. yeah. With BYU. BYU sent me to China. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's awesome. So when I got back and uh, she began looking, going back to, to church, and I went and I began learning about reading about the LDS church. I went to a Barnes and Noble bookstore and I opened up a Mormonism for Dummies and the Complete Idiot's Guide to Mormonism and kind of all the very like basic books I could find at the store about, about it. And I began reading and like what really caught my eye was the teachings about things like the pre-mortal life and the possibility of uh, like after this life, uh, you know, bapt- temple work and the chance to people to accept Jesus after this life. Um, mm-hmm. And that resonated with me at the time. And I think some of the teachings about being able to become like God really resonated with me at the time. Just these very, you know, I- ideas that really, you know, as someone who was a, kind of a humanist at the time, very high view of mankind, uh, oh, the, yeah. the kind of view of, of, of mankind really resonated with me. And that was the first thing that really intrigued me about, about the LDS church. 
So let's stay there for a second because the Mormon church does elevate man, right? They would say that you're born a child of God. You can't even sin until age eight. Mm -hmm. And so basically man is good. But in the Bible, you hear a little bit different story. So I can see why that's attractive, right? Yeah, it was It was really attractive. Like I loved the idea that you know, we are God in embryo. We can become like him, that you know, we're fundamentally good, good people. Um, that was what I was looking for, I think, really fit with my, my worldview already um, in, in many ways. And so that was really attractive to me. Uh, and, whereas, and a lot of yeah. that's new age as well, right? You, yeah. you know, the universe, I just connect with the universe and I can have all these things, right? And people are good and good things will come back to me if I send good things out. Well, yeah. for me, it was, it was, it was that. And also, I mean, there's a kind of an optimism that I, I, I kind of associate Christianity with a very negative view of the world, a negative view of mankind, kind of the cynical yeah. view of people. And so this it was refreshing to me at the time, how optimistic it was about mankind and our potential and our ability to, to become like God. That was, wasn't something that really attracted me at the time. Did, did you remember that couplet about, uh, as man is, God once was. Yes. As God is, man may become. Yeah, and you know, I, I actually, uh, I, I never liked, I never agreed uh, with the the first part of the couplet, the as God is, or as man is, God once was. I always had a hard time with that one uh, when I, even in the church, I kind of saw that as problematic. I think because of my Jewish upbringing, it was maybe mm-hmm. you know, the idea that God was once like us never sat right with me or that God had a father or another God above him and just never... I, I had a really hard time with that. Even when I joined the church, I kind of even you know recent until when I was very active in the church, never really accepted that that idea. I did accept the second half that we could become like God, uh, like we could become God. But I, I always had a hard time, or was not comfortable with the first part of the the Lorenzo Snow couplet. It just and it never sat right with me that God, the, the God that we worship, could be less than the ultimate power, the ultimate creator of the universe. So right. So tell us. In Judaism, how you saw God, who Hashem, right? Is that yeah. is that what you called him? Yeah, uh, Hashem, or or just I mean, or or God in English, obviously. Yeah. But our, or, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, one of my favorite names was, was calling him Abba, also Father, like uh, as well. I mean, and that was you know, like Jesus called him, but but uh, but Hashem is the main one that I think we use. But I, I, I love, yeah, I mean, it's you know, similar to Christianity. He's all-powerful, creator of everything. Everything comes from him. Everything is sustained through him. Um, you know, in Judaism, every morning, there's a morning prayer thanking God for giving us breath that day again, you know, because it's uh, kind of seen as God God chooses to give us breath. We're in his hands, and you know, every morning we, we could not be if he chose to, and he kind of chooses to sustain us and give us life. So it's very yeah. much like the Christian view about it, where it's it's you know God is really all powerful, all all knowing, all sustaining, um, sovereign over the universe, and so that that's what I grew up learning about God, and that you know stuck with me. I think you're saying the um, the Shema prayer, the Shema Israel um prayer that from Deuteronomy that Jews say every morning and every night. That that's you know that that is powerful to me. The idea of one God. Um, all powerful. Um, that that's always been 
in the in the back in my background in the background for me and uh, influenced me a lot. Ah, wonderful. Now, where do we go? You go. <laughs> you decide to join the Mormon Church. How did that happen? Yeah, so I, I began going to church with my friend, um, and you know, felt really welcomed, felt really loved when I went to the church. To church, um, and yeah, I began to people are wonderful. Oh yeah, wonder, absolutely wonderful. Yeah. I, I had a, but I had a really powerful conversion experience outside of the temple in Boston, um, where I went and prayed and felt God speaking to me really, really powerfully and clearly. Um, and looking back at it, I, I, I can see that, you know, really God was, I think was speaking to me there. Like I was an atheist. I didn't believe in him. I didn't know him. And he called out to me and told me that he was there, um, that he loved me, that he cared for me. Um, and I, I still think that experience was, was God speaking to me. And I, I believe that that, you know, I, I, I absolutely, that's the foundation of my belief in God, that experience with him. Still, still, so still. he took you there for a time for a purpose is what is that what you think now, maybe? I think so. I mean, I, I think I, 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 I don't think I would have gone, uh, you know, developed the belief I have in Jesus without my time in the church or my, my, my willingness to follow God. Um, I think if I hadn't found the church, I would have, you know, either not found God at the time or I would have drifted to some kind of progressive or new age belief that, that you know, wouldn't really bring me I think closer to God ultimately. So I actually think that the, the church was a stepping still. The church was a stepping stone for me um, in many ways. Like I think, um, you know, uh, for me, the one of the biggest things was being willing to stand up for my faith uh, to my family and my father to, to, I, to join the church, to then go on a mission as well was uh, took me a, a lot of faith in God. And he gave me that, that courage and that strength to do that, that I think is, you know, it's been, Part of my life that you know hasn't gone away and, and will never go away that that kind of the, the ability to stand up and say i i believe this and i'm gonna yeah. follow it no matter what like follow where god god wants me to go that's a, that's an interesting concept in the lds church because you know i mean we trained our children from the time you know we used to take them up front uh when they were you know three years old hold them up to the microphone and whisper mm -hmm. in her ears and says, you know, I know the church is true. You know, that's just hammered into you. And, and you know, you coming in, it's always this, all these people behind you going rah, rah, rah. You can do this, okay? Yeah. You can prepare for a mission. You're going to do be a, a, a great uh, influence person out there for God, you know? And yeah. that really helps, you know, it, it, sometimes Christianity, they don't, they, they're not quite like that. But but in Mormonism, I mean, it's like they've got your suitcase packed with your tie and white <laughs> shirt, you know, walking you to the, through the door to, to put you on that, you know, airplane to go someplace. And so, uh, and, well, you know, I, had a, and I had a lot you, of support. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I think, yeah, I, I had a really good friends that were supportive and, and leader, you know, bishops and leaders that were supportive. And I, I, I needed that honestly, like that to build courage because I, I was, you know, previously, like I mentioned, I began looking at Christianity and I kind of backed away because of my my family's opposition. And so I, I really needed that support and, and the, the kind of conviction I got from my experiences um, to be able to stand up for myself and, and follow God uh, and do what I thought he wanted, what I believed he wanted me to do and to, to you know, learn about Jesus and follow Jesus ultimately. So is there anything you want to talk about from your mission? 
Yeah, I, I had a great yeah. mission experience. I, I love I loved serving. I was the type of missionary that was the one talking to every single person on every bus I was on. You're know, like <laughs> talking to every every person I could talk to. That's my uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, the, you know, the biggest thing I took away from my mission, like now, especially looking back at it, was the love I felt for people. Like I could feel the love God has for people. I, I really believe that that God really mm-hmm. loves the people, ever loves everyone, and that that mm-hmm. experience of, of feeling love for them was transformative for me for my mission like that that kind of love and charity that i felt before that okay so i i I think my mission you know i i had a a lot of great experiences being able to serve people love people meet people and i'm i'm really am still proud of that the experience that i had and the the effect that had on my life i think you know there's downsides to missions and upsides to missions but i think for me it was an amazing two years of, of growth for me and I'm, so I'm grateful for it ultimately. Okay, so the the year that you went in, year and month that you went in on your mission was, I'm just trying to put a time period on that. So so September 2010 was when I went into the MTC. So I, I, I began going looking into the church, LDS church in um, the fall of 2008. Um, I yeah. got baptized in June 2009. So I, I had a lot of opposition. So I waited because of my family opposition about yeah. 10 months to get baptized. Um, and then my mm-hmm. dad's heart eventually softened towards it. And I got baptized in the summer of 2009. And then a year later, I went on my mission in 2010. Okay. And you got called to Russia. Wow. That's, yeah, yeah. that's a, that's a hard mission. That's a hard mission. I know for our son, it was, it was a hard mission. So, you know, I, I loved, I loved being there. I think, you know, I, I think I, I, uh, I actually found out that the, the, where my grandparents, my grandfather was, uh, my grandparents were during the the war was actually in in my mission, for instance. Like, so oh. I had some some uh, family connections to it actually that that I learned about later, which is a pretty cool uh, thing to learn about. Did you um, meet anybody that had known your family? No, no, nothing like that. Oh. Um, I mean, it was, you know, they were there in a in a work camp in Siberia. So they wouldn't have had any like permanent connections, but it was. Yeah. Still a cool, a really cool thing for God to send me there, and I, I did feel like that was where He wanted me to be, and so I'm, I was great, you know, grateful for that. And and that uh, I loved being able to speak Russian. I loved the people that I served with uh, a lot, so I had a really good, really good experience. You know, I know a lot of people have hard, really hard mission experiences, and there's a lot of pressure um, to you know put on, on missionaries. Um, but I was really like passionate about it. I loved being able to be there and be serving, and and it was a, it was a great experience for me. Well, Daniel, that was fascinating to hear about your mission. We are nearly out of time today. So um, we are going to do a part two so we can hear how how long you were in Mormonism, what kind of things started <laughs> you questioning, and then where you went from there. Grace and peace to you, my friends. Until next time. <laughs>